Hey guys, so we have Brittany here. She's a student with Nomad Recruiters Academy. And uh, I'm so excited to be interviewing her today and want her to talk about her success with the program. Hey B, how are you doing today? You okay? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. That's a nice view of uh, you're you're in Chi Town right now. Yes, I am. What's Luke? <laughs> That's good. Yeah, it's good. I like it. So B, I guess I want to jump in, you know, just learn a little bit about who you are, you know, and you know, how you you know, discover recruitment and what inspired you to get into this industry? Yes. So I began recruiting about six years ago, six to 10 years ago. And when I started recruiting, I just loved helping people find jobs. And that's how I got into it. So over the course of the years, I've done full cycle recruitment, sales recruitment, and fast forward to 2019, I was recruiting with my company. I wasn't receiving any promotions that I felt were deserving. And what I love about recruiting is you meet so many candidates and I would meet candidates who were independent consultants or they started their own businesses. And that actually inspired me to consider starting my own recruitment firm. So in 2019, I started the LLC, but I received some pretty cool recruitment opportunities. So I said, well, after this opportunity, I'll go full force into my business. So that's around the time I found your your travel content online because I traveled yeah. a lot. And then one day I was researching how to start a recruitment firm and I found your, uh, I stalked you on LinkedIn because that's what recruiters do. <laughs> and I messaged you and you responded and said, <laughs> yeah. you would be talking with me about recruitment. So yeah. that's how it appeared today. Yeah, I remember I was just, that, that one YouTube video everyone found about how to start a staffing company. It went viral. A lot of people start asking me to create a course. And I, I just, you know, you you already had a background in recruitment, but I was just like, you know, come on as a beta student. Let me see if my my methods really work. And you were one of the first beta students. I was like, okay, we got we got this. <laughs> so I, I'm curious, you know, you work for some pretty like awesome, cool, well-known, you know, tech companies. And a lot of people in your situation would not leave to start their own recruitment business because they're like, you know, we get free lunch, free coffee here. We got great benefits, shares, health insurance. And you're like, I want to work for myself. <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> you know, I guess what, you know, what was the tipping point for you where you were just like, I got to do this now. It's now or never. Or, you know, and being able to walk away from such a, a good situation that you had. There are a couple reasons. The first, when recruiting, always trying to advocate for candidates to hiring managers. I recognize that there were biases in the process that existed within the hiring managers Mm -hmm. that prevented great candidates from moving forward with companies. And I wanted to create more opportunities for those underrepresented candidates. Mm -hmm. So that's when I decided Oh, I love to recruit the way I want to recruit. Yeah. So that was the first reason. And then the second, I wanted a little bit more freedom. So <laughs> I would work six days a week, six hours a week for these companies. And I yeah. said, imagine what I would imagine what I could do for myself if mm. I put in the same amount of effort. So yeah. I like more freedom. I like to do things how I yeah. want. <laughs> so yeah, you're 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 quite the world traveler, which is, is really good. 
Yes, I enjoy traveling. So, <laughs> so I guess like going into some of the things that I've taught from the program. So when when Brittany first started off in the program, you guys, she was a beta student, so I was still building out the course, but I was teaching her a lot of strategies that was in the course when we were going through the process. So we managed to help bring on your first client. It was fast. I think it was like within a week or two weeks. And uh, I I guess I want to talk to them about, because every time, you know, I tell these stories, people think it's just, you know, it's easy peasy. It's no struggles. There's no challenges. And, you know, so Brittany, I guess, can you share the story about the first client you found and how we went about bringing that client on? I think it was when you went out of town at a conference or something like that. I was talking to you before the conference. (laughs) Yes, I began the program before the conference, but I knew in my mind, I said, I'm going to meet a client. I'm going to meet a client. Even though I was, I went for a networking event, but it was unrelated in Las Vegas. So I went to the conference and someone complimented my outfit. Mm. (laughs) And then I introduced myself and said, hey, and this was my first time practicing my pitch. Right. Yeah, I own this recruitment firm. So I practiced my pitch and he said, oh, wow, I need a recruiter. I'm your girl. And we connected on LinkedIn. I didn't want to pressure him at the event. So we connected on LinkedIn and then I did a little bit of research. He didn't respond. So I returned. I tell AJ about this encounter that I had and I couldn't get the meeting. He hadn't responded to me. And then AJ was frustrated with me because he said, you haven't responded in how many days? Yeah. The follow up. Yes, the follow up. The follow up. So he helped me together. He coached me through the process. Okay, we're sharing screens. I went on LinkedIn, connected with this person. And then he said, Well, you need to connect with other decision makers in this company. So together we went through, connected with them. And I was really uncomfortable initially with sending the message just because it was out of my comfort zone. Business development isn't my point. So then he helped. He told me exactly what to say. I typed it, and then within maybe minutes, yeah. uh, that person's assistant because we messaged that person's assistant, and that individual yeah. contacted me, and we got the meeting set. Yep. That day. Yep. Yep. It, you got to tell all the juices, okay? You, you're not giving. It. <laughs> so, Brittany, let me tell you, from my perspective, Brittany went to this conference, and as soon as she talked to the client, she texted me. You just like you're like, oh my god, I think I could have my first client. I was like, yo, email him, call him. <laughs> I was like, I went straight in the coach mode. Like, we're about to bring this client on. We're about to bring, I'm about to get you this bag. And I was like, as soon as you leave that conference, email him, call him, so you know your first name. And I think I don't know what happened. I was building out the program. I think you were about to start a new job, and we went. We stopped talking for like a week or something. I don't know what, what, what happened. But I was just like, yeah, you know, follow up with the client. And it was hard to get in touch with the client. And, yeah. you know, so what we did, we hopped on a call together. And what I started to teach was we need to find other HR people. But we couldn't find HR people to come because they didn't, they didn't have HR titles. So that's what it was. So it, we really had to think. From a very outside the box, you know, we we started going. So what we did, one of our strategies, we went to a certain platform and we found the company and we found a potential hire manager, but it turned out that person wasn't even working in that field. And then we found somebody with a similar title. And then what we did, we started emailing 
and LinkedIn messaging those people within the company. So we messaged about three or four people. Word got back to the uh, first person you originally talked to at the conference. It, it, you know, it was just because we, we were hungry. I, I was, and I would be was, and I was like, pause, you know, go, go, go. Be, be more aggressive, be more assertive. Go at it, go get it. Be hungry about it. And, uh, and it was just a lesson to learn. It's something that I teach in the program, but the power of following up and the power of pushing, you don't have to be a hard seller, but sometimes it's just about, you know, getting the discussion started and, and talking to more people out there, uh, talking to more people within the organization, you know, because that can get back to that person. That person can be really busy or they, they may not check their LinkedIn every day. It could be a lot of things. So we end up. And also the, the number of follow-ups, because I believe I may have followed up once, maybe twice. Yeah. And that wasn't sufficient. Right. right. Especially if it's a client that's working with other agencies, like this particular client was. Yeah. Those other agencies may be more proactive and consistently following up right. and getting actual no before. That, yeah, right. And not yeah. just that, this client had still does probably had in the ballpark range of like, I want to say 12 to 15 or more jobs and more. Actually, when they talked to you, they told you they had they were going to be doing more hiring. So the day comes, you know, Brittany, she, she's texting me. I'm, I'm one of those coaches. I'm not going to lie. My my students, they can text me at night or in the morning and, I, and I'm, a, I'm, I'm going to be on your ass when it comes to closing the deal. So she texts me. She's like, OK. We having the discussion for the negotiation. So I prepped you for the negotiation meeting. And how did that go? I want you to tell that story because that's that's a that's a powerful one. Uh, you don't don't tell any names of the client, but the percentage and everything. How did that negotiation go? Yeah. So we did a mock session maybe a day or two prior. Right. And then reviewed contracts and et cetera. So mm-hmm. during the meeting. AJ said the client will do all the talking. You really don't need to say anything, right. which is true. I greeted the client, asked about the hiring needs, and they went in and started giving me all the details. They had six roles that needed to be filled. And their issue was in, internally there. They didn't have the internal recruitment expertise that they needed for these roles. So he said, I have six roles, I will allot three roles for you to fill. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I already knew that the percentage would be 25%. Mm-hmm. But then the client said, hey, I'll, you can fill these three roles, but mm-hmm. the max percent that we give our clients is 20%. So of course I said, I'll take the 20%. I'm getting three. <laughs> That's big. So 20% of the roles, the salaries for the positions range between 100 and 200k base and then i went over after the call sent over my contract to the legal team we reviewed it and that was that contract term sign pipeline probably over 150k and what people have to understand when a client tells you hey we're going to start you off with these roles they're testing you you just want to see your recruitment ability we already knew this job this client had 15 jobs they just want to see if you can really deliver the people that they like and in a timely manner as well. Once, you know, you deliver those people to those jobs, they're going to open up the doors for, for everything else you, you have. You know, that's how it works sometimes because they don't like to, you know, but 
pretty much his client was telling Brittany is that this is an urgent need. This is what we need right now. But yes, we do have these jobs and most likely you're going to be working on them. And the power, the beautiful thing about bringing on your first client or just bringing on a client in general, you have to realize that it's residual income. If you got a client that's consistently producing five to 10 jobs, you got a consistent income of 100000 coming in every year. Even if you make, you know, she brought in a client 20%, just imagine five rolls and 100 k That's a consistent residual income of 100000 a year. And, you know, you know, so it's, it's important to, of course, push yourself and get started. I guess, you know, I want to talk to you about, I guess, you know, in today's world with everything going on, especially with the pandemic, and as a woman, you know, as a powerful, beautiful woman, you know, black entrepreneur as well, you know, you're, you, you've been through a lot of ups and downs, but I guess I'm, I'm curious to know of the importance of just, you know, why women in general, women as a whole should become entrepreneurs more in today's society with everything going on, you know, from your perspective. One, in the workplace, women are paid less than men. And every day showing up in meetings, trying to build a case, prove yourself and your work to your employers, that's a challenge and a struggle in itself. And I'm a person who I didn't want to have to prove myself every day because I'm showing up, I'm proving my value to this organization. Again, if I invest the same amount of energy and effort into my own business, I will garner the same amount of success. These companies are hiring you to do the work that you do and they're paying you for a reason. And you're in the workplace, we're just earning pennies of what we could actually get if we were to do that for ourselves. That's the first reason. And then also, I mean, the COVID pandemic was the prime example of the layoffs, the furloughs that can happen at any given moment for a variety of different reasons. So you always want to make sure that you are prepared and you're not reliant 100% on your nine to five income, because if that stops, then what else will you fall back on? I agree. My uh, professor, one of my, she was, uh, when I got my master's degree in Australia, she was assaulted for a big company in Australia. And, you know, a lot of women were, you know, protesting for equal pay. So they got equal pay. They got paid the same as men. But, you know, when it came to the bonuses, she found out that their bonuses was like 40 percent. And compared to, you know, that was the way. And and the women's were like five or 10 percent. But they got like this 175 base. They didn't know that these men had these huge bonuses for no reason, though. (laughs) <laughs> working as a recruiter, as yeah. a corporate recruiter, ever failed. Mm. Women almost never negotiated their salary. They mm. always accepted what was given to them. Every single man that I spoke to never accepted the offer the same day. They said, I need to think about it. I need to think it over with my wife. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing. I need to think it over with my wife or my girlfriend. I'll get back to you in three days. And they would come back and counter offer their salary. And once I even did a a study in which I assessed the, I conducted a comp analysis for the male and females within the organization and their compensation and men were paid significantly higher. So recognizing that I've it's very important for women to negotiate and also just have more control over their income. Yeah, understand that. What would you say to the people out there who 
are struggling to get started. You know, they're 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 addicted to the paycheck. They can't stop working. They, you know, they have this you know lifestyle now that they're trying to keep up with, but they're tired of their nine to five. They're tired of requesting PTO, the countless meetings, not being a better partner, a better mom, or or someone not being a better dad. You know, just anyone. In, 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 you know, what would be your advice for those people who are struggling to get started? especially just with everything going on, life being so short, you know, any advice for them to like, to help them, you know, take that next step and start their journey? I would recommend you bet on yourself, bet on yourself and show up for yourself. Because once you make a commitment to yourself, you will never fail yourself. So bet on yourself, make that commitment and Sometimes we have to take a risk. You never know what's on the other side of fear. And a lot of times you're scared, but on the other side, you elevate to that next level. And the truth is you can always, always get another job. That's the truth. (laughs) You can always quit. You can take off for a couple of years. You can always always find another job. If you find that doesn't work for you or entrepreneurship isn't your thing. But you won't know until you try and you'll yeah. always wonder until you actually try it. Yeah, you can always for me as well. I don't know. I just knew sometimes you're going to you got to, you know, in this world, we're going to have to grind. You're going to have to hustle. When you first start out. And I think one of the reasons I started now was because I was like, I want to have a family one day when I meet a nice person. But I was just like, you know, I want to be there for my family. I don't want to have to tell them I can't make it to certain games or you know, just not being around when needed. And that is the beautiful thing about our job. You know, you're traveling in a few weeks, you're going, you're going to town. I'm currently in Rio de Janeiro. You know, I'm at a WeWork and all we need is a laptop and a cell phone to make things happen in our business. It's, it's crazy. And I was, you know, just the type of deals and numbers we're, we're, we're putting out there, like I said, 20, 30 K, you can make it in just one placement. Imagine what you can do uh, with four or five placements, but also, it just depends on your lifestyle. Great thing about our business, we're trying to escape that 80 hour a work week type lifestyle, you know. So we just need to, you know, we can go hard for one month and take another month and take a month or two off. We don't have to stress or worry about working every day if we don't want to, you know. And that's the beauty, beauty of our job, living this lifestyle. I guess as well, you know, do you think is wise for people? trying to get into this, this, you know, this field as entrepreneurs, would you recommend them to start off with a coach or to start off just going at it? And I always tell people as well, I'm very honest. I'm like, everything I offer is on the, or it's online for free, but it's a lot of content. <laughs> it would take about some hours and times, but you know, my program comes with the group coaching calls as well. But I guess, you know, anyone that was looking to get started, you know, would you advise them to have a coach? Well, if so, why? If not, why not? You know, pretty open to either answer. The coach is really helpful for me because even though I knew how to recruit, I didn't know much about starting a business. And I didn't know anything about automation or how to go into hiring strategy sessions with these hiring managers or decision makers. And so that was really helpful in helping me learn contracts, et cetera, automation, but also in terms of accountability and the opportunity to, to really just grow and go, go through some mindset because it was, it was certainly a mindset shift for me. 
And it made me uncomfortable, but in the best way possible, because I didn't feel comfortable conducting these outreaches to clients. And you're on the phone, literally like, all right, call the number. And I'm nervous and fiddling to call, but it actually helped me secure at the end of the day. Yeah. Now, now I should also mention to a lot of people as well, because I I don't want to scare them up. But Brittany was in the beta program. So beta program is where I actually would coach her one-on-one and we would do a lot of things together. But we use one of our sales strategies. I have over eight different sales strategies for a lot of people who are looking to join the program. We use this one strategy because we wanted faster results. You know, so with my beta students, all of my students pretty much brought on clients within the first, their, their first, like their second week or the third week. Each one of my beta students taking this approach, just the old school approach, is making the calls, making it happen. But there are newer ways for you to do business development, even if you don't have a strong sales background. You know, there are a lot of ways through partnerships, through virtual assistance, a lot of strategies that I can teach you. But we were just like, we got to get this back right now, and we don't got time to waste. So we, it was some, it was some long hours, <laughs> a lot of bonding, <laughs> as you guys can see. <laughs> but we made it happen. So, Brittany, Brittany look, we're just going to finish up this, you know, this this interview. I guess any last words for people out there who want to get started, who possibly think about joining our program, who's thinking about starting their business, any last words of advice that you can give them before we finish up today? Yes, I would encourage you to invest in yourself and to bet on yourself. If you are thinking about it now, the likelihood is you'll continue to think about it. And if you don't pick this opportunity, you'll live with that regret going forward. So I recommend betting on yourself, committing to to yourself, committing to the process and taking the leap. Great. Thanks. I appreciate you, Brittany. Listen, have a good day. And guys, leave comments below if you guys do have questions for Brittany or for me. Um, and you guys can reach out. But I love, I just love most of these calls. <laughs> it shows... I just, you know, I love showing people's truth at the end of the day. Like there are ups, there are downs, but if you stick with it, it can happen at the end of the day. That's, but you have to get started. If you, you know, at the end, you just have to get started. All right, then we're going to finish up. And uh, thanks again, Brittany. I appreciate you. Thank you.